Hello, and welcome to Gen Nomadic, a podcast and community created by and for the next generation of globally-minded nomads. My name's Julia, and I'm 18 years old, about to enter into a world of post-pandemic apocalypse. I'm just as lost and confused as the rest of you might be, trying to figure out how to navigate a world of such uncertainty. I want to work and travel, but I have some questions, like do I need a degree? How do I travel ethically? Where can I find like-minded people, and will travel still exist post-pandemic, or is it just a thing of the past? Here at Genomatic, I want to create a community of like-minded travelers searching for a lifestyle that works for them. Each week, I'll interview global mentors and explore alternative lifestyle, sustainable travel, and weekly news about how the travel landscape is shifting in the midst of COVID-19. Through Genomatic, I want to empower you to explore the roads less traveled and to find out how you can create a fulfilling, purpose-driven alternative lifestyle in the midst of global chaos. Hey everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Gen Nomadic. I'm so excited to share this episode with you today. So it's the second part of the two-part series with the four Global Citizen Year Fellows, one from India, one from Ecuador, one that went to Brazil, and one that went to Senegal. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you all today. Um, They talk a bit more about their lessons and takeaways, also experiences with being LGBTQ on a gap year and kind of like race and racial inequalities um, during their gap year and during their global citizen year and kind of how they dealt with all of that. Um, Whether you're planning to take a global citizen year or you already have or you're just interested in travel and are passionate about it, this episode will definitely leave you feeling inspired and they have a lot of awesome um, points that they make and they talk about really amazing things. So I can't wait to share this with you all and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Um, I really wanted to quickly give you a little bit more information about who I am and what I'm doing with Gen Nomadic. Um, So basically, with Gen Nomadic, I want to create a community of like-minded travelers trying to create a positive direction in the next generation of travel and global experience. So people who want to create a more sustainable, ethical path of travel, that means environmentally, culturally, economically, all of the above. Um, I just want to empower the next generation of global nomads to um, create an amazing future for travel So and feel inspired by each other's stories um, and experiences. So each week, I'll be coming out with an episode on Mondays. Um, I've had the privilege of interviewing some amazing guests so far, and so I can't wait to show you guys those each week. Um, I'd also like to just give you a little bit more information about who I am. So my name's Julia, or Jules for short. You can call me whichever one you like. Um, Basically, I've I've always had a love for travel um, and exploring and, like, global perspectives, Um, but I really began to love, like, experiential education and get more into travel in my freshman year of high school um my best friend's mom made a joke to me and her her name's Annabelle about um kind of going on a on a spontaneous trip to Bhutan um to do to do a yoga retreat and to kind of like explore our passions and travel and we were kind of captivated by this idea and so over the next year and a half of my high school experience we planned fundraised created and pitched this um two-week service trip to Dharmasala, India. Um, It kind of spiraled from Bhutan to Dharmasala, but through that experience of planning that trip and all of the experiences I had, I really found a passion and love for experiential education and travel. And something was really sparked within me. Um, And everything about that experience really made me 
feel like myself and um, feel really excited about the future. And I was, I was really passionate about what I was doing. Um, and so we had an amazing experience in India um, and we learned a lot, had a lot of challenges, but it was really, it was a really amazing experience. And from that experience, me and my whole team, we decided that we thought that everyone should have the opportunity to um, use travel as a tool for education and self-development. So we created a travel program at our school that's now called SIVA, where we mentor students in creating their own service and language immersion trips based on their own um, unique purpose and goal. Um, and we also help them align that goal with the UN sustainability goal. So every trip that we're planning and helping them create is sustainable. And we're also trying to make it um, equitable. So no matter what their financial situation is, we want to make sure that they're able to travel and use it as a tool for education. So from all of those experiences that I had, I, I kind of found this new passion. Um, and that really spiraled into me wanting to take a global citizen year. Um, so my plan was to take a global citizen year in India um, this fall, but because of the pandemic that got postponed until next year, unfortunately. So this semester, um, I will be doing a Virto semester um, and I'll be going to Costa Rica and the Dominican Republic um, and then hopefully the South Pacific or the Hawaii semester and the next term. And then I'll be doing a global citizen year in India next fall. So I'm super excited for that. Um, and in the future, I hope to work for companies like Whether Be Dragons, Arrested Pathways. Um, and I'm really passionate about kind of like journey designing um, and helping people use travel as a tool um, for personal development um, and self-growth and kind of like a sustainable path for travel and for the future of travel. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do with this community here. I, I really want to empower the next generation of globally minded nomads to um, change the future of travel and to make it a sustainable and ethical path. Um, and I know that travel has so many benefits for us um, and for the world and gives us so many global perspectives and makes us more united as a people. Um, and I think that that's so important. We just need to figure out ways to make that long lasting um, and to make that available for, you know, generations to come. So yeah, I, I hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. I'm excited to give you guys new episodes every week. And if you ever have suggestions of guests um, or, or things you want to discuss, like topics, please just get in touch with me at Generation Nomad on Instagram um, or gennomadic at gmail.com. So thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the episode. So I just kind of also wanted to hear about maybe like one highlight or one low light and kind of like what lessons you learned um, maybe from that low light or like what's kind of your main lesson or takeaway from your global citizen year. That's a lot. There were like a lot of lessons I feel like we all learned. There was not just like one, but um, I'm sorry, I already started talking. So I guess I'll just keep <laughs> um, For me, I think a low light would be um, loneliness. When I say loneliness, I mean, I deal with a lot of loneliness the senior year, the last year of my senior year, right? That does not make any sense. The last year of high school, um, in terms of my family was, you know, working hard, um, and it's still, it's still now, um, you know, not everyone was home. My brother's at school. My dad's a truck driver. So he's away most of the week. My mom works night shifts at hospitals. So she's not home when I get home from school or from work and I'm basically alone like at nighttime by myself in my house and I 
kind of carry that to Brazil and I was alone. Like I didn't have my family, I didn't have my friends, I didn't have any like familiarity that I was used to here in the States. And as much as I loved that, I also learned from it. Um, I learned to be alone with myself and like to be okay with it, not to be alone and like like pout or like be sad or like be angry or anything like that. Like, why am I alone? I feel so alone, like I'm, I'm sad or whatever. No, I like learned to be alone in this country where I got to explore the island by myself. I got to travel to different parts. I got to go to the beach by myself. I got to go to a cafe by myself. And I was like, I love this. I love being able to be alone and like knowing what I want to do. Or even if I don't want to do anything, like I'm okay with it. I'm not sad. I'm not anything like that. And like, just, I got myself out of this gap year. And that's what I, I tell a lot of people. I got myself and I, I got to grow a lot and I got to learn a lot of lessons. And, you know, I got to learn Portuguese and I got to live with a host family that's absolutely amazing. And I still even keep contact with them here in the States, like through WhatsApp. WhatsApp is a godsend because you can literally talk to anyone over the, any country um, through WhatsApp. And um, that, that was just me. Like I got myself and I got to learn to be okay with myself, even if I'm alone in any environment. And I absolutely adore that because when other people, you know, other people get alone in different environments they can um, not really know what to do with themselves not do with their lives or not to deal with any situation that they're in um but that's just me that was just like my little low point but my high point I would say would be like learning a lot oh I know it does not I know it may not make any sense but um sorry that's my mom um but I think a good thing that I got out of this gap year was like just like the exploring, the exploring of the country, the exploring of the, the the island that we were living on, it's just like this opportunity that you have at your fingertips. Like you don't have to stay home every day. You don't have to go to your apprenticeship every day. I mean, of course you have to go to your apprenticeship, you have responsibilities, but you know, after your apprenticeship, you have an opportunity to either go home and stay with your family, or maybe you can go, you know, to a cafe with your friends. I know I saw a couple Ecuadorian, um, fellows went to a cafe and I thought that was so absolutely gorgeous like I saw pictures on Instagram um I adored it I was like I want to do that I want to go to Ecuador and go to that specific cafe it looks amazing um so I thought that was really cool and I I just like this whole experience was absolutely amazing and just everything that we got to do or didn't get to do was like once in a lifetime because like I know Alex said about the you know prepare yourself and stuff like that make sure you know what you're getting into and I totally agree with that and then for me it's just like the complete opposite like I didn't prepare anything like of course you know you had to have different um stuff to like survive in the country but I was like okay I get home from my apprenticeship what do I feel like doing do I go to my host family straight away or do I go to a cafe nearby or do I go to like downtown I gotta take the bus you know or it's just like going with the flow. It's like what you feel like doing, do it. And I just, I absolutely adored that, um, that individuality and that, that freedom and that space. It was something to die for. Cause you know, we didn't have responsibilities where we had like homework. We didn't have like projects due or like essays due or, you know, tests to take. And I really like that um, because it, it kind of like lifts the stress off. Cause like when you're in high school, you know, you have to like, you can do all your extracurricular activities, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to go home and study for that test you got to take tomorrow. Um, but it was really nice to be able to take a break from that and to like be your own person and to like to do stuff on your own. So that was me. I can go next. Um, I think the low light for me for my year was um, 
kind of like the month of October as a whole, because in October, Ecuador experienced national protests and the entire country was basically shut down for like two weeks. And um, GCY put us on um, like basically shelter in place. And so we had to stay in our host communities. But specifically, I lived in an, an indigenous community, which was kind of like the like the backbone of these protests. So my community was very active and very engaged in these protests. And so my host family specifically said like, Hunter, we're not gonna let you leave because as a foreigner, just in this indigenous space, your presence might not be appreciated. And so for your safety, we think it's best you stay home. And so like we just in general, Ecuador kind of goes like in and out with um, electricity, water sometimes. And so I didn't have Wi-Fi for a lot of that time. And then I ran out of like my GCY um, data. And so I was very disconnected for those two weeks. And so it was like, I was disconnected and I like couldn't talk to fellows. I couldn't talk to like my friends back home. And then I couldn't talk with my host family because I knew no Spanish. Even though I'd been there for a month, it was like, wow. You learned, you learned like how to say, oh yeah, I want more dinner or like no more please. But like, I couldn't like communicate. And so it was just like, I felt very isolated in a space where like I thought I shouldn't. And like the gestures were there and like looking back, I appreciate them so much. But it, like in those moments, it was like, it was just very hard. Um, and then like the entire rest of the month after that kind of just like carried on like that because it was so, it was such a long period of time that like the recovery period of it was was trying to like find your footing again but I think after the fact it was very nice because it brought our cohort together as a whole so much more because it was just like one thing in the beginning of the year that like we could say as a collective like we got through that and like that was one thing that connected us towards the end and a highlight for me I think was my host family because like they really are just my family now and I still talk to them and like conversations at the dinner table where like dinner would only be like 20 minutes where we were eating but we would sit there for an hour because we would just talk and like the connection that you can make with like people that you don't speak the same languages um, with is so so unique because like there are so many people in my life that like all of my memories are in English, but my host family specifically, all of my memories of them are in Spanish because like, that's just, and it's really confusing for someone who might not have that, but um, some of you guys might be able to like connect to that where it's like, when you think of these people, like you think of them speaking Spanish and like, I just felt such a deep connection to my host family. And I felt like they were rooting for me as a person and yeah, like I think one of my favorite memories is like one night at dinner, my host mom just like shouted, Hunter, you can speak Spanish. And she got so excited and she like, she just started rambling and she was like, I remember when you couldn't speak Spanish, but now we can talk about things and you can like tell us how your day was. And we're so excited about that. And we just like, we need you to know like how much we love you. And I like, that was just, it was such like, it was only five minutes, but it was just such a like profound experience for me. That's amazing. That's so cool. 
Ruby, do you want to go? Oh, Alex, yeah. No, 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 Ruby, you can go if you want. Okay, I'm kind of still thinking, but... I, I can just... go then if you yeah. want. Go okay, sure, yeah. Um, so I think my, like, I don't know if I, like, my low light and my highlight kind of ended up being the same experience, um, just because I felt like I learned a lot from that. And I think it was the end of November, I was left alone with my students for two weeks, which is not, not what's supposed to happen. And you will probably not have this experience. And my Teach for India partner and I got off kind of not to a rocky start, but it was very much, she wasn't very communicative with me. And she went for her brother's wedding. And when weddings are a big deal in India, like they last like three days, like they're, you know, really important, especially a brother. And she left for two weeks and she had told me she was leaving for one week. And I assumed she would give me like resources to like deal with my kids. And, you know, it's an English medium school technically that you're working at. But of course, because language is a whole other thing I could talk about in terms of India, there's like over like 2000 languages. Like it's very much um, most of our students are children of like people who have come from different villages all across India to Pune to get a better opportunity. And um, most of them didn't really speak you know, uh, lots of English because it was their first year with Teach for India. Specifically, I had fourth graders. Um, and communication, you know, it worked out when the Teach for India partner was there with the lessons because she could easily translate them into Hindi. But doing lessons on my own was a big challenge. And also just controlling the classroom was a big challenge because they were used to having a teacher who just sat on their phone and like made them copy like three things off the board and then go crazy all day because the teachers didn't care. And then this was the first year they really had a teacher invested in them. So I think those two weeks, I just, it was very much like, what is my responsibility in this? Like I, I came to school every single day, even though I ended up getting really sick because I felt like I just needed to show my kids I was there for them. Like I wasn't going to give up on them. Um, even if that meant like we ended up just doing a lot of crafts because after two days I realized it wasn't going to work out. Like I could not control all of my kids. Um, it, and I could not do the lessons and get them done productively without the help of like my teach for India partner. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it was very disappointing in myself and frustrating at times because I felt such a responsibility. Like this is two weeks of education lost that my Teach for India partner had like placed on my shoulders that I had not prepared for in the slightest. And then it ended up that she didn't even tell me that she was going to be gone the second week. I just showed up to school the next Monday, so excited that she was going to be back. And then like just the other Teach for India partner, like Celia, my schoolmates, like person was like yeah Alex I'm really sorry but Sinduri's not coming back for another week and I was just like what but okay at the end of the day this two weeks like was a, was a serious bonding time with my students and completely made like our relationship change a lot so before they kind of just seen me as like this foreigner and like oh you know like Didi literally means sister and I felt like I was a big sister to them and that was really cool that I got to have that dynamic um, but I became, I got treated a lot more seriously and I also got a lot more like, like love and affection in terms of, they just wanted to show me things and like, be like, Oh, Alex TV, you know, she's our teacher. Like, Oh, come here, Alex TV. Like, we know you care about us and you're not just going to come and leave. Um, and like, I, I mean, I, I did end up of course leaving, but like, it was again, their first time having experience with Teach for India. And I think that I also learned a lot about, like you talked about takeaways from the program. I learned about how big I can, like how much I can love. I, I've always considered myself a very loving person, but 
I don't think I, I think my heart like expanded in size. Picture Grinch already having that big heart and then still expanding. Um, I woke up every morning, just my friend Lily, who was on the program with me, she was like, you are love and we are love. And like being in India is just love. And I think that is, you know, it really described a lot of the takeaways is just how happy I was just like, you know, going to the school and being with my students. And it completely redefined my vision of success. And I mean, I went to a really academically rigorous school in Manhattan, like, you know, that it's like Wall Street or Washington or bust. And it was kind of the idea I had while coming into the program. And now I'm just my it's completely changed. And I think that those two weeks themselves, just like the challenges and like being propelled by like love and like those small little things that you know, you wake up for a reason. You wake up because you're purposeful. You wake up because there are people you need to go to see who you love and you care about and who just like even a smile like, can make your day. And like those things, you know, those qualities in my life, I just want to keep pursuing and keep finding career paths that I can get that same level that I, I felt in India. And it really, again, put so many like um, things about myself and like what I was good at or I don't know if that's the right way to say it but like what I valued was um redefined it's so interesting hearing about all of our experiences because we're all like having such different things but um for me uh my lowlights was definitely the way I was treated um because of my race and I think we can all say we were all treated differently because of our races but some more than others like um you'd walk down the street and somebody would say two bob two bob which means foreigner but I didn't get that as much as the white fellows did or as the Asian fellows did who were called Chinese all day long, like Chinua, Chinua. So it's like, there's issues in everything for everybody, but that was my low light being treated because um, my family um, didn't understand my, like my family here. They didn't understand my mother is white. I'm adopted. I don't have a black father. He doesn't exist. I don't know who, like they, they just kept on, trying to change who I was to make them comfortable with my story. So um, a highlight I learned was to just be myself. So wherever I went, I was always myself. There are such strict um, like roles placed on the genders in Senegal because, I mean, you can already tell because the my host father had three wives and they would work all day long. They would start cooking at 10 in the morning and they'd just be running around all day long so that also changes how close I was able to get to them to get with them and the connections I was able to make with them it was more of little connections how was your day um more towards like I was giving my empathy towards them I would help them out when I wanted to because that was fun for me um I found the fun in everything which was another highlight and during independent travel I had a really good time because my my mom here came to Senegal and we got to travel a little bit and um, it was really nice. And one of the other highlights was definitely being able to see the other fellows and just being with the other fellows because like it is nice speaking Wolf all day and I do miss it, but just having a friend like knock on my door all of a sudden in the middle of the day and then just showing up and then us just speaking English and me being like, wow, I can express myself. This is so crazy. Like, who am I? Like, um, so it was just, nice to have those kind of balance of like, I'm here and I'm not going to be here forever. Here are my fellows I can relate to and we can talk about our issues. We can talk about what we love. We can um, make fun of each other, just make the experience fun. So yeah, low light I got was definitely how I was treated because I, I'm black and 
the program gave us no heads up that we would be treated differently. Like I went to an Engente, which is this um, celebration. I'm not sure what it was for. I never knew what that one was for, but it's a celebration and you just sit outside and you just talk and you eat food and you cook food and it's all women. And I love that because I love being around the woman because they're just so nice and they just dress in the most amazing fabrics. And we were sitting there and the whole day I brought my friend and she was a fellow and she's white and I'm black, of course. And the people in the village did pay, paid no mind to me at all. Didn't talk to me the entire day. Didn't let me play the drums. Didn't let me dance because they were like, you're black. You're not really American. We don't, we don't think you're that cool. So we're not going to pay attention to you. So that was the low light. And I feel like GCY definitely needs to um, give us training in the, that area for anybody of any race, um, because it's different for all races, like I said. But also, um, in relation to that, I feel like a highlight I got out of this experience was to never, like you guys have said, make expectations, no, don't have any expectations, and just really go with the flow. And once you start going with the flow, like after those first two months, there's no stopping you. You're just like, you're just going, you're just going, you're just going, and then it's over. And then at the end of the experience, you look at some of the things you thought were bad and they're really not that bad. It's just all part of learning and you didn't get hurt. You're fine. You're living, you're stronger than you were when you entered and you're just so grateful. So I'm just really grateful for this experience from day one. I was, but I'm even more grateful because of the lessons I've learned and because like how low I was reminds me how high I could be and how high I was reminds me how far low I was just like a second ago. So yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I've heard from a lot of different fellows that um, that one of the issues was definitely that Global Citizen Year didn't focus as much as they'd like on language and preparing you guys that way. Um, and a lot of people wanted to kind of become fluent out of this experience, but they weren't really given the resources. And as well with kind of that, um, maybe a little bit more of the pre-departure training, like even before the two weeks, kind of giving more lessons on how to deal with race and kind of like inequalities in country would definitely be important. Um, yeah. I'll also adding on to that, something that I talked a bit about with some of the other fellows in Pune is that, you know, um, in our welcome week, we actually, I think the India team did a good job of talking about like race and like how this was not the global citizen year, like Stanford thing. I did not, I think we could have done a lot better with that, but I think that, um, in terms of welcome week in India, like it was, um, it was definitely addressed a lot, but what was not addressed was our racial biases towards the people we were going to be encountering. And that ended up in, there was one very specific instance that I, um, I'm thinking about, but in other ways, like everybody comes in, you know, especially in a country where, um, you, the, the people are like, they don't look like you and it was, or they like, it's just a completely different country and, and um, it's a different culture. And like those biases that we had towards that, that were just not addressed at all for pretty much the entire program. And um, this came, for example, in India with like men and like, or, or like with women and like the gender roles as well. And like, that was not talked about enough, um, I have to say. And I think that it would be, it's really important to talk about it um, because we all, you know, are going to have our own impressions and um, like our implicit bias. And it was, yeah, it, it kind of it manifested in different ways for some people. And um, I think there could have been a bit more training to like prevent some instances that did occur. 
Right. And then I just want to add like real quick. Um, I think that I, I completely agree on the fact that GCY could have like trained us a little better on like the racial aspect in different countries because they are so different. And I know, um, actually, I don't know. Uh, um, nah, I'm, just, I'm like having a conversation in my head <laughs> while I try to talk to you guys. But for us, like there were a couple of black people in Brazil and like the fellow program that we were in. And most of them were women. There was like one black male and the rest of us were women. And there was about like seven of us total. And we, I remember, I specifically remember the instances that we were put in and that GCY did not like prepare us at all. And it was like, what are we supposed to do in these situations? Like, do we make conversation with these people? Do we like walk away? Do we, what do we do? And we had to figure that out ourselves. And like, you have to put the practices that you've learned from like your past and stuff like that in kind of just like going with it. Like, I specifically remember we were at this like um, like like shopping market or whatever, and this dude came up to me, and this other fellow, and she was dark skinned, but she was different because she was from India, and she had very um, um, thin hair, very thin straight hair, so she didn't have any afro like me, but she's still dark skinned, so she's a dark skinned um, Asian, and and that's how it was, and I am a dark skinned African, and he was like, can I get a picture of you guys? And we were like, what are we your what? we didn't know what to do and it's kind of hard because he acts so quickly and then he's already taking the picture by the time we say yes or no and it was like okay that was really weird what is our picture going to be used for why did he take a picture of us we were like freaking out for a little bit or like we step on the bus and you know like everyone kind of like looks at us it doesn't even matter like if we're foreign or not like it's just like this is a black girl on the bus and I sometimes I'd be like the only black person on the bus and I'm just like like wow just like you just get all eyes on you and you don't know what you're supposed to do, but you kind of just like go with the flow because you don't want to create attention or you want to do anything. And at that point, they already think I speak Portuguese. They already think I'm Brazilian. They just think I'm a dark skinned Brazilian. And it's like, I cannot expose myself or like I shouldn't expose myself because that sometimes like it can go either way of like going wrong or right. You know, people get excited meeting a foreigner and they'll like start asking me like positive questions and stuff like that. Or they'll get like really negative and I start, you know, using racial slurs or, you know, negative comments and stuff like that. And GCY kind of did not prepare us for either one of those, you know, like in the sense that should someone be attacked racially, like, how do we deal with that? What are we supposed to do? How do we go about that? And it's not even the racial part or the gender part. There was also, um, I knew fellows who were dealing with stuff mentally and like had um, not issues, but complications with like anxiety or um, stress disorders and stuff like that. And GCY, like our team leaders were not prepared to deal with that and or like how to deal with that because it's different in brazil like you don't like people don't have anxiety in brazil you know what i mean like you don't get diagnosed with anxiety or like severe anxiety or anything like that or depression and you know us being so different and from different like places we come in and we we have that you know we went to school we had the stresses and sometimes it causes anxiety or stress or or um depression and it's on you to get through that but when you bring that to that country, whatever country you're going to, you need support no matter what. Like you need any type of support that you can get, obviously positive support. And it's hard for you to explain that to people sometimes because you don't need to put your business out there. And even if, you know, your team leader tries to help you, it's like, how are they gonna help me if they don't understand what's going on? Like they cannot grasp the concept of anxiety. Like. I had, I knew a fellow, she was in my cohort that dealt with that and our team leader did not know how, how to help her and she didn't, they didn't help her at all. And we kind of had to be that support system for her, like in any way possible, you know what I mean? Just like, hey, what do you need? How can I help you? Anything like that. 
And I think that's really something that GCY can know of or be aware of and um, know how to deal with that, like train their team leaders and their support system a little better. It's like, yes, you have different people from all over the world coming to do your program, but how are you gonna support them? Should they you know, be put in positions of racial you know, slurs, um, even gender norms and stuff like that, and um, you know, mental, emotional, just like complications, differences. Like I think GCY needs to kind of like hone in on that because they very pride themselves on being so amazing <laughs> and stuff. And I think that's, you know, that's awesome. You can be like the best thing in the world, but how do you treat your people? You know what I mean? Like, how do you treat your fellows? And then your fellows are going to go, you know, talk to other people and be like, oh yeah, you definitely should not do this program. They did not support me. They were like total crap to me or whatever. But I still went to, in- I still went to Brazil for eight months. Like, you got to know how to treat your people if you want them to talk right about you. You know what I mean? It's so, so interesting to hear that because I had like, um, in terms of anxiety, like that, what you were talking about now, like, I'm so sad to hear that because I personally had like the experience where I didn't know I had anxiety. I thought it was normal to like be this way, but like I was in India and I figured out, oh my God, why am I, is my heart beating so fast? And I went to talk to my team leader and she was this amazing woman. Like I, I can't stress this enough. And I, I told her, I was like, I'm having this big issue and I don't feel good. Like, I, I think I need to talk to someone. And at first I was really trying to convince myself I didn't have to talk to someone. I, I don't know why. I was just like, I can deal with this on my own. Come on. She was like, okay. And she immediately gave me the contact of like a therapist that GCY had hired. And that was already talking like four other fellows at the time. And I'm still talking to my Indian therapist on Skype. And like, I have to say that that was really incredible that I immediately got that support. And just yeah. speaking from the GCY India perspective, in terms of only my, I mean, I know there were other people who also didn't feel mentally supported. And I completely agree with a lot of what you're saying, but just as we're talking here, like personally, like I learned that like I had anxiety when I was in India and I'm from, you know, again, like in New York city, I would say like the majority of my classmates had therapists and I just had never really gone to one. And when I needed the support, which I did need, it was really given to me and never looked down upon, like never, it was more encouraged by my team leader than I think I found the will to encourage it myself. And I was really grateful. Um, but again, like as an organization, I agree. Like, I think there were, um, you know, I had other friends who had some really, you know, much, had different issues that were not met or addressed, especially with the Oakland team, even um, with like biases against a fellow because like of how they had filled out a medical form, which is should never be the case. And um, I know that's why I was even a little bit nervous to like mention that I had this. I was like, oh, am I going to like be deemed unfit to be on this program if I have anxiety? Like you shouldn't, like that should not be a fear anybody has. Um, but I was really grateful that it kind of turned out the complete opposite. So um, just want to shout out my team leader Chuguri. She was amazing. Um, but like, I, I think like, um, you know, like there, there needs to be more of a, you know, we were all part of the same program. Why was, there should be more of a, uh, uniformity in these policies in each country. Like it shouldn't be like you talk to your team leader and she denies your mental health. Like it should be, everybody should have a Chuguri in their life. You know, like there should be a therapist on board for everybody who even just says, I want to talk to someone. It should immediately be offered. And specifically we had a therapist who like understood more about GCY. So she could like talk to us with that in context, which was really helpful versus just going to a random person. Because again, in India, mental health is also not really a thing at all. So, um, 
I think like there needs to be more consistency is the keyword and uniformity and like how GCY does its mental health policies and other policies as well. But it's just crazy to me to hear that and makes me so upset because I kind of like was one of the lucky ones, I guess. Like I had, I didn't have to do that and was given the help that I needed. Um, Yeah. Right. And I just want to add like one more thing. Like you were talking about that. And I was just like thinking about so many different aspects that GCY kind of like prides itself on and, you know, it says it's very welcoming and stuff. Um, you know, like there's a racial aspect, there's a gender aspect, there's a, a like a mental and emotional like uh, complications aspect. And then there's like another aspect of LGBTQ club. You know, I know a lot of fellows that are in the pro in the, in the community, myself included. And it's like, how do we go about being this person that we are in this country? I had a friend in Brazil that was a non-binary and I absolutely respected that. I adored it. And I loved how in one of our um, uh, seminars, we had a whole day dedicated to LGBTQ and kind of like learning more about it as like all, like all 40, you know, fellows and stuff like that. I absolutely adored it. Like we learned how to be an ally. You learn, you know, what these different I don't want to say labels but what these different identifications are to people and what they mean and it's important to note that GCY does like you know Brazil is a little more LGBTQ friendly in the terms of um I'm speaking like specifically for Floripa that's the island that we were living on it's a little more friendly of LGBTQ I know different countries you know everyone knows different countries depending on your religion and how countries carry themselves they're not so lgbtq friendly i know for a fact that like i'm from kenya and kenya is not so lgbtq friendly you know when you when people find out like you're gay or you're lesbian it doesn't matter what you identify as like they automatically like discriminate against you they may not like you as much and they treat you differently and i think that brazil was um so friendly that people found like like gay clubs to go to like and that's what people were doing like they went to a gay club you know on a Friday night and I thought that was absolutely amazing or they they had um a carnival of LGBTQ it was I was like the second day with our host families in in country and people were already going to a carnival for LGBTQ and I was like what what like how do you like how do you already know the bus system I was like I don't want to go anywhere until I know the bus system you know what I mean because I don't speak Portuguese and like should I get lost like who am I supposed to call you know what I mean but I thought that was very important to know and it's not that we had um a team leader or um someone from Oakland based that was really focused on that portion of the program but we kind of became our own support system in the country you know with the community that we were in uh, all 40 fellows whoever was in the community of lgbtq we kind of just like came together you know we're here for each other talking about the discriminations we had against us or you know differently because the person the fellow that i was previously mentioned that was non-binary they were uh working at a school and you know, they would dress differently. They would maybe dress with more feminine clothing and their students would be like, so are you a girl or a boy? You know what I mean? And that's really hard because they, you know, were in Colorado. I don't want to like expose this person's identity or anything, um, but they were in Colorado and they were, they just learned to love themselves and to be themselves, like no matter what, because, you know, America is kind of like, I want to say learning. It's, you know, it's obviously going to take a long way and stuff like that, but it's learning and they were able to, you know, freely express themselves no matter any discrimination here in the States. Um, But going to a country where that's not very localized, it was so different for them. And it was like, I learned about myself as well, but it was so different for them being asked, like, are you a boy or a girl? Like, how do you deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, 
learning to take steps forward while you're in high school or you know you're graduating high school and then you come to this country and it's like oh I just took a step back you know um and they they were dealing with that themselves because it's not like you can go to GCY and be like oh yeah I need help like I need to talk to someone like how is someone gonna relate to that person if you're not like it doesn't matter if you're in the community or not you just need to be able to have the conversations and not like make faces or like be like oh yeah I totally don't understand what you're talking about it's like no just shut up and listen you know what I mean it's just about listening to whatever anyone is saying no matter the no matter the um, issues of like racial gender um you know identity wise but I thought that was the thing to add because that's also something GCY is they really have a whole handbook on it I remember reading that handbook it was like yeah if you're LGBTQ you might want to go to like Brazil instead I like Senegal because I know Senegal is um, a Muslim, a Muslim-based country, uh, among other things, of course, among other religions. But it's heavily Muslim, uh, if I'm not, if I'm not incorrect. So it's like just imagine being in that community and then being yourself. You know, you have to like put on another shield. You have to put on another facade to kind of fit in and not to be like discriminated against. So I think that's something to add. And I know that um, I know some future fellows that are LGBTQ that are going to Brazil. And I was like, right on guys, right on. <laughs> I was like so happy for them and stuff like that. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, I think this is kind of one area GCY kind of dropped the ball because they kind of glorify this handbook as like the be all tell all of like how to be a uh, a fellow of like of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. but it doesn't prepare you to be in country at all and like my I'm very lucky my TL was like on the first day that I met her she was like I like I saw on your application that you identify as that so I'm here and I'm here to be your ally in any way you need me and if you just need to talk at any time call me like even if it's midnight just call me and so I was very grateful of that but like it doesn't like I had to learn all of like the slurs by hearing them Mm -hmm. and I think like I think like that's one area GCY for me needs to very like very much improve upon because the handbook didn't prepare me at all and then like hearing all these things said constantly in your community and then like recognizing oh this is what they mean is kind of it's it can put you in a bad headspace sometimes and I think like um like I know there are fellows that feel like about that in all of the commun- um, countries because we had a group chat started from the beginning because that's also one area GCY really didn't improve on is you didn't kind of meet these people except for in a structured setting like that was like an hour long and like these circle groups we did where it was like, oh, if you identify as this, go to this circle. If you identify as this, go to this circle. And like, I feel very fortunate that I went to the LGBTQ one because the um, alumni that was running it was like, hey, I'm going to create this group chat and I'm going to like check in with you guys every once in a while just to like see how you're going because I remember what that was like. And so like that and then other fellows was like the only really chance we got to talk about it because there was no space at least in Ecuador of like, what was your experience like in your community hearing these things or adapting to like living as a LGBTQ member of the community? Like, and so like talking to other fellows and this group chat was like the only kind of place I at least got to like 
vent about it. And I think GCY kind of just needs to improve upon it as a whole. It seems like because Global Citizen Year is such a long-term program that these situations are more likely to arise than in other gap year programs. And that's kind of what you're, for the freedom that you're getting with Global Citizen Year, you're kind of giving up some of that structure, which you shouldn't be, of course, right? Global Citizen Year should be providing these resources and making these things a lot more clear. But from what you guys are saying, that's kind of what I'm getting, that because you have that freedom and because you have that limited structure that a lot of you really enjoyed, um, you kind of give up some of those aspects that are like about mental health and about safety, but that, that shouldn't be the case. But is that kind of how it is? Yeah, I think one thing I noticed a lot throughout my year from my experience and then other fellows experiences is sometimes GCY, whether it be in country team or the Oakland staff, they kind of use this whole, oh, well, you're immersing into a different culture as sometimes an excuse to like, not help in these situations of like, like you have to oh, figure it out yourself yeah like you have to figure it out yourself this is what you came to do and I think that can be problematic because I think a lot of fellows I know like the bad experiences they have and kind of the bad taste that was left in their mouth of GCY is because of this mentality that they have sometimes of you need to figure it out yourself this is what immersion is like because I think ultimately one thing that GCY as a company needs to remember is we are mostly teenagers that are fresh out of high school going to another country where most of us don't speak the language and sometimes they kind of just use this immersion as a you're an adult now like this is what you got yourself into but we didn't tell you you were getting into I think that oh sorry I know please go please go oh I think that um honesty and vulnerability is important and what we're all sharing is so important because we didn't have this when we were going to GCY we didn't know these things so the fact that we're even have this platform that you're giving us to talk about these things is preparing the people going next year the people going the year after that because I think we all need to be vulnerable and this is no way talking down GCY a lot of the issues were like like you said Hunter like based in the country you were in, like, this is just the way they are. Uh, but GCY was always like, yeah, this is just part of the immersion. Um, this is just the culture. Like, they're just going to talk to you like that and you just have to deal with it. And that's just something we just need to be honest about and vulnerable about. And I feel like GCY really owes us the honesty beforehand um, rather than letting us figure it out ourselves. Because they really liked it when we figured something out ourselves. But a lot of times that's not the best thing because sometimes those situations can be dangerous. Sometimes those situations can end up getting you mentally hurt or physically hurt as well. So, yeah, I just think that the honesty and the vulnerability is very important because that's what is the foundation of like going into gap year and getting what you get out of it in a way. And I just want to add like one quick thing. Like I know a couple of the GCY 2021 fellows and I've honestly reiterated that like if y'all have any questions literally reach out to any one of these GCY like like fellows like we are like the past year and like when I was reaching when I wanted to reach out to someone it was like a fellow from like five years ago and I'm like how is that gonna help me right now you know what I mean like there's a fellow that went to Brazil like five years ago versus a fellow that went to Brazil like a couple months ago or like a year ago we still have the information for us that were like 
the experience fresh and I was like guys literally ask any stupid question that you might have it does not matter what it's about and if it's about other countries I know fellows like Hunter like Alex like Ruby that would absolutely adore to like answer your questions and like be there for you and like be a fellow that can like help you I was like guys just reach out we'll connect you it does not matter who you are where you're from what questions you have I was like do it because we didn't have this when we were coming in and that's why we're able to share this on this platform that you've created and I was like just do it just get out there be there we'll help you no matter what so and even in country like you know like (laughs) please text me and ask me if this is what your you know host family did or your apprenticeship did and how did you deal with that because I was really fortunate because there was a girl who had done the same program as me through Tufts as well and I constantly texted her like okay like did your teacher for India partner like leave you like to do this thing like or am I supposed to be doing this because I wasn't sure and I didn't know what I was doing and having that like moral just like a cheerleader for you because we're all cheerleaders for you guys and like we all want you to you know have the best you know experience that you possibly can and if even just you know asking me like where's the best place to get chai Julia please actually I'm supposed to be speaking to you please do reach out because um there's so much that like I want to tell you about Pune and about what you're going to experience and I I think um the same can be said for everybody like we're, we're just your biggest cheerleaders we're really rooting for you and every single step of the journey even like three years from now even if you're out of it and you know like you just want to talk to somebody about you know your experience like I'm more than glad to listen and you know reflect on all of that That, that's what's so incredible about global citizen year is it brings together all these really amazing like-minded people that are willing to like give themselves to everyone else and share all of this information and that's really what I hope generation nomad can be is that when someone has a question about global citizen year they'll go to generation nomad and they'll find you guys there sitting with a smile and like wanting to talk about your experiences so like, thank you so much for all that information. Um, and yeah, I mean, just you guys just led right into it. But what advice do you have for future Global Citizen Year fellows? Like, spill everything, everything that you've ever wanted to say. I think a really good piece of advice, just like Alex was saying, Alex, when you mentioned that like statement of be prepared, I was like, wow, I did absolutely none of that when I was going to GCY. I was like, yeah, no, I did not prepare zilch didn't know the language didn't know anyone and then I was like okay I learned not to have an expectation so my piece of advice was like yes prepare yourself but also when you get in country and when you're getting to even Stanford don't have expectations go with the flow absolutely go with the flow and I just want to add that this community that is building and I'm so happy to see that it's building you know through technology and like the uh, involvement of everything uh my friend and I did a piece of kind of a just like to add to this community of gap year programs, we did a community, pro- I can't even speak English anymore, uh, a community project uh, that, you know, GCY does require you to do that uh, some of us were able to finish and some of us weren't due to the, you know, the timeline and stuff like that. But me and my friend, she's from Greece. Her name is Sophia. I absolutely love this woman. Um, so we did a documentary on the experience of gap year programs. We got a couple fellows from literally all different continents. I'm talking someone from Africa, someone from America, someone from Asia, someone from uh, Latin America, Southern America. And we were able to ask them a couple questions of their experience of a gap year. And I think we wanted to do this because when you look online and you try to kind of try to search up gap year programs and like what you can, what information you can find to how it's going to relate to you and your gap year program, there's kind of like little to no information about it. And all the information that, that there is on 
a lot of it is mainly personal you know what I mean when you look online like on YouTube like you try to search gap years it's like yeah I took a gap year in Australia I'm like what you obviously had to fund that yourself and not everyone has that money to do that or even backpacking through Europe you know, you have to fund that yourself unless you find a really good program that's able to do that with financial aid. And we wanted to be able to put this information out there. We wanted to say like, yes, gap year programs are possible. They are real. And, you know, there's so much you can get out of it. There's so many experiences you can do. And just answering questions about like, just about you and like the gap year that you do. Like, why are you in Brazil? Like, why did you choose this? What are you doing here? What do you I, I, what are you going to be doing afterwards? Like, it's not just you're in Brazil and then you come home and you do nothing. No, a lot of us are coming home and we're putting this practice into, ex we're putting this experience into practice. And that's what we want to carry on through college. And I think that's so exciting. And I want to mention that it's on YouTube. It's called Gap Your Experiences or Gap Your Stories. I can't remember specifically. And the link is in my bio on Instagram because I was so excited to like share this with the world and like to share this with anyone and everyone because I was so proud of this project. And I was like, yo, I did this project. I put a lot of work into this project. I'm so happy about my participants. And these participants are my friends. They're like my really good friends. And I was like, yo, reach this out. Like, let's put this out in the world. It's on YouTube. There's so many experiences that people can listen to from all different perspectives, even LGBTQ perspective to racial perspective and gender, gender perspective. I was like, we tackled that. And it's just a small bit, you know, it's just a small bit of information that's out there. And what I honestly would have loved to um, do that exact thing with every other country, with India, with Senegal, with Ecuador, that would have been absolutely amazing to really hone in on not just Brazil. Like everyone is doing this gap year program and they're in different countries and this is their experience and people can be like, okay, yeah, what about my experience in Senegal? Like, what is it going to be like? Instead of, because you know, it's hard to like reach out and stuff like that, but that's what I wanted to add. And I'm like, really excited that this is actually happening. That's so cool. And yeah, like open to all you guys, like just not even advice for people doing global citizen year, but I know that all the information you guys said today can be applicable to any gap year. So just any advice you have for just general gap year people, but I mean, especially global citizen year for sure. And that's an awesome program that you create or like an awesome resource that you created. And like, I would love to continue that or help you when I go to India. Um, and like that, that just sounds amazing. That's amazing kind of piggyback off of what Natalie said I think one of the greatest things I heard someone from Ecuador say was like I was not prepared to be unprepared which I think is like the best piece of advice I could be give is like be prepared to not be prepared because you could go in with like expectations or no expectations of like what any aspect of a gap year will be like and be completely surprised and thrown off and so I think it's just best to like you can have like desires and wishes of what you hope to accomplish but just be prepared to be unprepared because I think that's because if you have expectations you can be let down but if you go in with like desires of like oh I hope to improve my Spanish you can like even learning three verbs is improving your Spanish but if you go in saying I want to become fluent in Spanish if you come out the back end not fluent you can you can kind of just get that mentality of like oh I didn't accomplish what I wanted so just be prepared to be unprepared. And then another thing is like, no matter what program or idea you have, anyone has for their gap year, reach out to someone who has had a similar experience. Because even if like they can't share your identity of being African-American or being LGBTQ, they might know someone who they can connect you with who can share that experience. And so like, even if someone follows me on Instagram and is doing GCY, in, in India, 
as in a fellow of color, I might know someone or know someone who knows someone who can connect them to someone that can share that experience with them. Yeah, I would say my biggest piece of advice is that there is no perfect fellow. There is no fellow you need to be like. There is no model you need to fit in. And I think that sometimes that can be emphasized a bit um, that, oh, this person is, there's the tendency to want to compare, right? Like, oh, this person is doing this. Oh, this person does all these things with their host family. Why am I not doing those things to my host family? And blah, blah, blah. And that is not, that's bullshit. Like, the pro the, the experience is yours and it's a, you the way that you do it is just as valid and amazing as anybody else's experience and there is no clear-cut way that's like why would you have a program that makes you want to be one type of person I I mean I think that you, it's easy sometimes to forget that I think sometimes the program tries to emphasize like oh you know the perfect fellow or the fellow x which was an example that we had in India but it's like, no, just like put that in through one ear and out through the other, because I think like you're just being amazing by what you're doing and what you're going through and what you're making your experience. And no one's just going to look the same and just like find the beauty in that. Like, you know, like there's 20 of us, for example, or 19 of us were in India and every single person had a different experience and it was equally as valid as the next person's and equally as enriching. And um, don't, don't try and strive for like that, you know, model of how you think you need to perform because I promise like the way that you're performing is just perfect and just as what you need to be doing and the gap year that you like are needing, I guess. Kind of piggyback off of that, like already deciding to take a gap year, whether it be in like the country you live in or moving somewhere else, like that's already such a big accomplishment because you are breaking from the norm and so if anything let that be something you remember that like your decision to do whatever it is as a gap year is already a huge like accomplishment in and of itself yeah um some more advice i would relate to everybody else's is like same with the don't compare to other fellows and um one thing i i caught myself doing was comparing because but then I realized like, I shouldn't be comparing. You live in a totally different family. We don't look alike, um, like just different things. You just cannot compare and it will hurt you so bad. Like you just don't want to do that to yourself. And also something I learned that's very important is basically just don't take life too seriously. Like if you have a bad day or if you have a day where you're not on top of the thing on top of, or you're literally just doing nothing because your day is not, has nothing in it. Don't, don't be like, wow, I did nothing today. Oh gosh. I'm not going to like, I don't have a cool story to tell my family back at home. Like, no, the flow, like just do what you know you need to do in that moment. Don't also be so like, um, well in Senegal, they're all about patience. And I really never actually had a schedule for anything. So whenever something would happen, it would happen in that moment. And you just be like, Oh, here we go. Um, this is what we're doing. So don't take life too seriously. If you mess up, um, in your language, if you do the wrong thing that has to do with the culture and it, like you just mess up and you embarrass yourself, do not take it too seriously and don't compare because that will get you absolutely nowhere. And, um, just prepared in the way that you just know you personally need for yourself. Um, and 
yeah, just do you, do you, boo. I think my team leader often said like, this might not have been the gap year you envisioned, but it's the gap year you needed. And, you know, sometimes I think that can be, you can totally disagree with that with certain instances, but like to the bigger picture, you can't go in thinking this is who I'm going to be in country. Cause like that is going to set you up for failure because you just can't control that. And I think in a way, like a lot of people like in India specifically, like a lot of us got like what we like what life threw at us and like what we weren't expected for, but that's, you know, that was the experience that we needed and what we learned from. And I, I wouldn't have wanted it other, any other way. I think something no one will tell you is living in a foreign country is exhausting <laughs> because you are adapting every day and you can live somewhere for so long, but you're still adapting. And so living somewhere new is exhausting. And so if the only thing you did on a certain day is watch Netflix or go to a cafe and read a book, that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes you need a break and no one can discount that because while to everyone else, you're living this cool, wonderful life in a different country, to, like, to us, we were just living our life. It just happened to be in another country. And so, yeah, we had days where like we would go on a cool hike and see like this gorgeous scenery. But we also had days where it was like, you'd wake up and you'd be like, wow, I'm lazy today. I don't want to do anything. And so all I'm going to do is watch Netflix because everyone in the world has those days. That's just like a fact of life, regardless of where you are, whether it be gap year, college, high school, it just happens. And I just want to add like something a little less deep is like the packing in Brazil. Oh my goodness. When we were getting ready to leave for Brazil and I was getting ready to leave, like they have um, an example of packing list that you could carry. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to follow this by the T. And I did follow it by the T. I ended up carrying like seven sweaters, like three pairs of jeans and like no shorts. Cause I don't wear shorts, but like hiking boots, um, just really warm clothes that I absolutely did not need. And that was absolutely ridiculous that I found. And a lot of people in Brazil, like a lot of the fellows that I was with, absolutely agreed with us. They, we were like, yo, GCY did not tell us what to pack. They did not tell us what to pack properly. You know what I mean? Like you, I know um, Senegal is like very, I don't know if it's very humid, but I know you guys have a lot of mosquitoes. And then also same thing with Brazil. And it's really cold in Ecuador a lot of the times. And it's very warm in India. Like in, like the packing list GCY gave us, like I, for me at least, it was absolutely opposite like we got there in September it was cold as hell in Brazil it was about like 40 degrees that's nothing to Hunter because he lives in North Dakota (laughs) but for us it's 40 degrees now just kidding no it's not but like (laughs) honestly if it were 40 degrees tomorrow I'd be like if it snowed tomorrow I would be like you know what it happens (laughs) I love that but just like reaching out to past fellows for packing is also very important. Just like literally the things that you probably wouldn't think of that I'm just thinking of now, reach out because you will not need seven sweaters to go to Brazil. You will need at least two warm sweaters for the first month because it's cold as hell and the rest of it is humid because it's absolutely opposite in Brazil. You know, the winter that we have in the States is summer in Brazil. So December, November, October is summer in Brazil. And January, February is cold and stuff like that. So 
I'm, I mean, I literally just switched that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. December is summer in Brazil and January is kind of like, and um, June is kind of like winter in Brazil. So just like reaching out to the fellows about packing in every country, do it. Just do it. Even like the flex spray. You can buy so many things in country in India for way cheaper. Not even joking. I wasted money on buying like flowy pants when I could get to India and get it for like less than a dollar. Also vaccinations. Like I literally like spent money on the extra vaccines. And in India, it cost me $3 to get a rabies vaccine. Like just there's like, I, I personally went into India thinking I wouldn't be able to get access to like a lot of like my favorite, like body wash brands not true like the world is super globalized at least in terms of like Pune you're living in a really big city like you can get any single thing you want except in terms of cuisine there's more limitations for that but like you can literally buy the exact brand of bug spray for 20 rupees which is like 30 cents so please like just buy so many things when you're in country you'll buy most of your clothes in country like at least for gcy india you have to wear like a korta every day and like they gave us past kurtas that other fellows had left and i left a bunch of stuff for pre- like new fellows because like it's just like you know there there are those resources and i can't emphasize that enough like i i, I just really went in also wrong with the packing and there were just so many things that i could not have wasted I should not have wasted my money on when I could have just bought them in country for way cheaper. Any future fellows, if they tell you to bring bug spray, shampoo, um, maybe not deodorant. Deodorant can be hard to find, but like toiletries of any kind, don't bring them. Bring like the travel size, like enough to get you through a week at Stanford and a little bit in country. But even if it's not like the name brand shampoo that you're used to, there's still such good quality stuff everywhere like i wish i had the shampoo that i used in ecuador first me in the states like i got back to the states when i started using shampoo and i was like i hate this like i brought back all the things from india to the states like all the things that i didn't think i'd be able to buy my i had like two suitcases full of things and like i went to an indian grocery store the other day and i was like oh my god you have the exact same brand of like this food like wait why did i bring that from india again like it's just like a lot of like those small things like you know like you're gonna realize that you're just like want to try different stuff like i don't need my dove you know body spray when i can buy like a jasmine body spray from fab india that's like 10 times better that i ended up bringing like four bottles back because i you, you can't get those things as much in the states um and do get souvenirs like do get things to like make you feel sentimental like it's okay like be materialistic this is your one time like i just like think that like it's these are gonna give you such memories even just like looking at one thing you got and and don't be afraid to think oh what if there's no room in my suitcase like make the room like you will not regret it you can leave so much behind i like i brought none of my clothes back one because like you wear them all the time like for ecuador we were only given one suitcase any future ecuador fellows you get one suitcase not two you'll have to pay for the extra but like I left all my clothes behind and when I brought my stuff back, it was like 30 pounds and it was all souvenirs because I was like, I don't need this shirt that I wore 700 times because one, I wore it 700 times. I'm tired of it. Two, this really cool like picture is going to take up that spot and it's so much more worth it. 
I, I also, my friend gave me this really good tip. You buy one of those compressible um, kind of duffel bags that you can like put in your stuff. So then when you're there, maybe you pack like one suitcase, but then on the way back, maybe you'll have two kind of full of souvenirs. Also when you're actually GCY, like put that on my India packing list was like a little like duffel bag that could like go into a packet. Look, I didn't even know those existed. And it was really useful because when you're there, you are going to go on these trips and you're not going to want to bring your huge suitcase. Like you're going to want like a tote bag or like a little expandable duffel bag. It's very useful. Um, and I think that needs to be emphasized more because I had friends who would like go to like a three-day thing with like their rolling suitcase because that's all they had. It would be great if you could all make a separate GCY packing list and then yes. you can put it on Generation Nomad and then yeah. when people want the real packing list, they can go to your guys's mm-hmm. instead. Happily, happily, I'll do that. Um, I just want to add, I'm so sorry to interrupt anyone. I have to go. My battery is dying. It was a pleasure to meet you guys again and to meet you, Julia, and to see Ruby and Hunter and Alex. I miss you guys so much it would have been so nice to be able to like reconnect in redwoods california but you know things change but hopefully we can do like a like a gcy 2020 like get together like all the cohorts somewhere in the state that would be absolutely awesome at least before or like after college i don't really know but i just want to thank you for letting me be a part of this julia thank you for inviting me i really appreciated it i loved hearing and learning about everyone's stories um so yeah i'll see you guys another time Thank you so much. And I mean, if anyone, does everyone feel like they've said everything they need to say about advice? Yeah, it's 10 here and I haven't had dinner, so I should probably go do that. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much, Julia. Like really, this is, this was awesome and loved hearing your guys' stories so much. Like it actually made my day. Um, And I, I feel so, like, I feel like I got a lot of what I'd wanted out of Reentry just from this conversation. So thanks. So thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. And I can't wait to connect you guys more with the community and hopefully connect with future Global Citizen, your fellows, so you can be their mentors and connect even more. But thank you so much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you have any questions for any of the Global Citizen Year Fellows, their Instagrams will be linked in the description and you can ask them any advice or any questions that you have. Um, Keep your eyes out for an episode next Monday with the Director of Student Education from Where There Be Dragons. Uh, So I hope you have an amazing week and I'll talk to you later.